Enar, The Secret Sharer, a play by Robert Forrest, based on the story by Joseph Conrad, with Michael Feast as the captain of a British merchant ship in the 1880s. My ship. My ship. My hand rests lightly on her rail as if afraid to wake her. Shadows of her spars flung far to eastward by the setting sun. Not a ripple. Not a bird. Not a cloud. Barren islands there like the ruins of stone walls and towers. Still. Still as the ship is still. A breathless pause at the threshold of long passage. Measuring our fitness. The sea will judge. The tide of darkness flows swiftly. A sudden swarm of stars. I'm the only stranger on board. And a stranger to myself. My first command. Command. All secure there? Secure, sir. See to the riding lights. Aye, sir. Ah, you're there, sir. Here, Mr. Burns. Supper's ready, sir. Mr. Jackson's seen to the ordering near the dining room. And the steward's got it laid out proper. I was watching our tug go back upriver. You can see her smoke well inland. Maybe you can, sir. And I was thinking of our long journey home. It's long enough. Through the Malays, down the Indian Ocean, up the Atlantic. A hundred days or so to London. And we've got a fine ship to do it, Captain. Well up to the task we've always found her. You'll see that yourself, sir, when we've got a wind and she's moving. There's another ship over there. Where? There. Uh, beyond the first islands. Yeah. I could just see her mastheads when the light was better. Uh, my old eyes couldn't get hold of that distance. Not in the best of light. Inside the islands, is she? Yes. But we mustn't keep Mr. Jackson waiting any longer for his supper. Not if he's got it all properly ordered. I saw it go overboard myself, Mr. Burns. Most assuredly dead. A scorpion, though. Is there a nastier beast on the planet? Perhaps not, but it's safely done with. Right. Over a week ago. But how did it come aboard in the first place, is what I'd like to know. And in my cabin. Why not the pantry? That's a dark enough place where you'd think a scorpion might be more partial to. A mystery. A mystery, indeed. And one I'd like to account to myself for. <laughs> Mr. Burns likes to account to himself for most things, sir. He's of a most painstaking turn of mind. Can we account to ourselves for that ship among the islands? Ah, well, that's not so much of a mystery. She'll be new arrived from home, is my opinion, in waiting for the top of the spring tides. She'll draw too much water to cross the bar any other time. That's why she'll be waiting in there. That's my opinion. She draws 20 feet, in fact. You know her. The Sephora. It's a Liverpool ship. She's carrying coal 123 days from Cardiff. Hmm? Well, no. 
How do you account for knowing all that? The skipper of the tug told me. Uh, he expects to take her upriver the day after tomorrow. Now, sir, if you'll excuse me, I'll uh, see to the setting of the anchor watch. No, Mr. Jackson. No, sir. The crew have had two days of heavy work and very little sleep last night. Huh. No more than their duty, sir. Indeed. And we'll all do our duty. I'll take the first watch myself. You, sir? Yes. I'll call you at one, Mr. Jackson, and you'll call Mr. Burns at four. Very well, sir. I'd like some time on deck to get on better terms with the ship. Mr. Jackson can tell you how obedient she is. He and I have been together on her 18 months. Isn't it nearer two years? No, no, no. 18 months since you joined us at Plymouth. I can assure you, gentlemen, you'll be called at the first sign of a wind. Now, let all hands turn in. Now, as she lies cleared for sea, the stretch of her deck under the stars seems very fine. Very roomy for her size. Inviting. Secure. In the fore-rigging, the riding light burns clear, untroubled, free of the land's unrest. The great security of the sea. Singleness of purpose can bring a moral beauty. But what's this? A side ladder not hauled in. She's not secure. Exactitude in small matters is the very soul of discipline. My fault. I dismissed my officers before all things were properly attended to. They see my rawness. I've allowed them to see it. What the devil? Good Lord. No need to call anyone. I won't. Are you alone on deck? Yes. Your captain turned in? No. I am the captain. Oh. My name's Leggett. And why are you hanging on to my ladder, Mr. Leggett? I have cramp. Can you climb aboard? It's either that or swim till I sink. All the crew's asleep. Come up. Easy now. Sorry. Sorry. I'm almost done in. I've been in the water since nine. It's after midnight now. I'm from the Sephora. The ship among the islands. Strange way to visit us. Yes. It's strange. I'll fetch some clothes for you. And it's ugly, Captain. I've killed a man. Go right aft. I'll be back in a moment. Here, put this on. What's this? A sleeping suit. Oh. Like mine. Just right for this heat. Yes. And a good fit, I should think. I'm the chief mate of the Sephora. Or I was. Until seven weeks ago, when I killed that snarling cur... You'll know the type. Won't do their duty. Stop others doing theirs. They 
and dangerous ship. Exactly. And mine was in danger enough at the time. So I strangled the devil. Or so they tell me. And my father's a parson in Norfolk. I can tell, Mr. Leggett, you are no homicidal ruffian. It does fit. We look like twins now. Except for your hat. It is warm. I, I, I think I'll here, have to... Here, Sit here. Yes. We were trying to set a reefed foresaw. The only sail we had left to keep running. The weather was terrific. It was hellish. Had been for days. I had to get that sail set or we were done for. And this scum turns on me. Always simmering with a stupid weakness. And by this time he was out of his mind with fear. There's no time for gentlemanly reproof. So I struck him out of my way. That sail had to be set. But he came at me again. I caught him by the throat just as a monstrous sea hit us and covered all but the masts. Maybe it was the sea that killed him. And when they found us, we were still locked together. They had to force my fingers from his throat. He was black in the face. But the fossil had been set. Yes. Where was your captain all this time? Captain Archibald. <laughs> well, I'd lost sight of him in the gale, let's say. But his was the first voice I heard when I came to. Mr. Leggett, he says, you have killed a man. You are no longer chief mate of this ship. The ship you'd saved? You understand? I have to call the next watch soon. We had better slip you down to my cabin. Follow me. Quietly. You should be safe enough here. Sit down. Thank you. If I can rest till nearly morning, maybe then I We'll can... see. They'll be here then. Archibald will. I suppose he might. You can use my bunk. We can close the curtain on it in case someone must come in. But that's unlikely. Finding your ladder like that. At night on a ship anchored way out here. Then you leaning over the side and speaking so quietly. As if you'd expected me. <gasps> Hardly that. For a moment I thought you were a naked corpse. When you spoke to me. It was as if only then. I realized how alone I'd been. I'd meant to swim on when the cramp eased, but... I was glad to talk to someone. Yes. Listen, I have to call the watch. Through there's the bathroom. Somewhere else to hide you. Hide me? We'll think it through in the morning. Be very still while I'm out. Ah, there you are, sir. Yes, Mr. Jackson. I went below to call you. We must somehow have missed each other. I went into my cabin for a moment. While I was awake, it was time, so I came up to relieve you. I assume so, when you didn't answer. Thought for a moment you'd gone overboard, sir. What? When I saw that ladder still over the side. You're awake enough for humour, Mr. Jackson. Good. 
You should spot the first sign of a suitable wind. Yes, sir. Then I'll turn in. Good night. Good night, sir. For seven weeks, they kept me locked up. Maybe they thought I'd go about at night strangling people. So, I had plenty of time to think about where I was heading. Home, to judge and jury, and like as not to the gallows. Didn't your captain understand how things were? Oh, he understood well enough. When we're within a mile or two of the coast, I said, leave my door unlocked, let me swim for it. Had he agreed? No. That was three weeks ago. He stood with his back against the door and he couldn't look me in the face. He knew that foresail had saved his ship. He knew it was me that had managed to set it for him. But this must take his course, he said. The law, he said. He was shaking like a leaf when he said it. He'd be afraid of the law for himself. <laughs> and he was afraid of his own men. Afraid of his second mate. And even his steward. They'd been with him for years. And they come on that ship, not him. I tried to... Who's there? Come out. What are you up to there? Come on, on your feet. Stand up. How are you mumbling about? Come on, get along with you. I'll deal with you in the morning. Who's that? My second mate, Jackson. Who he was barking at, I don't know. He'd best close the port. Yes. I don't know how good Jackson's hearing is. I know about as little of him as you do. I took command only days ago. Not sure yet of the ship or the crew. I'm as much a stranger here as you are. <laughs> you haven't told me how you did escape. Well, tonight my door was unlocked. No doubt they thought it safe seven miles from land. All I did was stroll out on deck. I don't think I meant more than that. A breath of fresh air, that's all. Then I simply kicked off my shoes, and I was in the water. They saw me go. I could hear them shouting. I swam to the first island. They're all just bare rocks, no water, nothing. And I stripped and swam on. They probably thought it was suicide. It wasn't. I meant to swim till I sank. But that's not suicide, not really. And you saw our light? Yes. It was something to swim for. They will be here in the morning. Maybe. Archibald will. He'll feel duty-bound with all their eyes on him. We'll see. But now you sleep. Your morning coffee? Right. One moment. Good morning, Captain. Good morning. Thank you. That's all. Well, the port, sir. May I come in to close it? Close it? Well, they'll be washing the decks soon. It is closed. Oh. Uh, right, sir. Uh, steward? Yes, sir? What was that commotion on deck last night? Commotion? Mr. Jackson bawling at someone. Bawling, sir? Never mind. You may go. Sir. Here. You drink this. 
I have to go out now, but I can't lock the door. No one should come in here, but you'd best go into the bathroom. I must show myself on deck. Waltham, go back bucket, sir. Good, sir. Oh, good morning, sir. Did you sleep well? Not well enough, Mr. Burns. Ah, well, strange ship would account for that. Give yourself a night or two and have her moving under you. You'll sleep like a baby. No wind yet? Nothing to speak of, sir. Swear the yards by lifts and braces. Yes, sir. And, uh, welcome aboard. <laughs> it's your first real order to the ship, sir. And you'll see it's carried out before breakfast? Of course. Then if there's nothing more, I'll go below. Uh, there is one thing, sir. Mr. Jackson discovered a man on deck last night, hidden among coils of rope. What man? The stowaway? Oh, Lord, no, sir. Not Scorpion's the only stowaway we've had. No, no. This was one of the crew. Paulus. Brainless drunk he was. Very well. Have him brought... Um... Yes. Have him brought to my cabin. This is Hollis, sir. Mr. Burns, I think, has told you of his offence. Yes. <clears throat> Morning, Hollis. When I found him on deck last night, he could hardly stand or speak. We'll see, sir. Could hardly see, neither. It's not the first time Hollis has let her down like this. It's a lot, Mr. Burns. Sure it is. You've said that before. Have you no gumption at all, man? What have you to say this time, Hollis? Two things, sir. First off, it was my own drink. I didn't touch ship's rations. Honest to God, I didn't. I brought it aboard with me because of some misery I had on shore. It was on account of a private misery, bereavement. A native lass that was... Oh, ship's rations are not. You were incapable of duty. I know that, Mr. Jackson. But when the misery's on... What's you... the second thing? You had two things to say. Yes. The second's the main one. Mr. Burns is right. I've disgraced myself before, but once only. And that was just the dregs of a celebration that hung on till sailing time. But when I say no more, today it's from the heart. Because last night I was frightened off the drink for life. Frightened? Yes, sir. I don't know how long I've been snoozing in those ropes, but sometime I woke up and looked out. Maybe I had it half in mind to try and miss the watch and get below. But I saw a ghost, sir. Don't be ridiculous, Hollis. No, sir, I know the ghost wasn't really there. I know it was in my mind. The pickled scrap of mind I had left. But I saw you, sir. And you took the captain for a ghost. No, Mr. Burns, but I saw his double as well. You was at the stern rail, sir, and so was your double. And the two of you talking together. Your exact double in the same white suit like you'd make your own ghost. Except one was wearing your white straw hat and the other was bareheaded. Now, I've heard of this kind of vision, but I've never... All right, all right, Hollis, that's enough. You'll stay below for two days on minimum rations. Then we'll see how you behave, how you tackle your duties. Thank you, sir. I can swear I'm frightened in the good duty, no question. Take him out, Mr. Jackson. Yes, sir. Two days, was it, sir? Yes, on minimum rations. Very well, sir. Now you go, Hollis. Mr. Burns, you'll keep a close eye on him when he resumes duty. Uh, yes, sir. Am I right in thinking Mr. Jackson's somewhat stiff in his manner this morning? Mr. Jackson is a stickler for discipline... 
He may think you've leaned just a bit to the lenient side. And you share his opinion? Well, sir, as you're not too acquainted yet with our crew, if you're asking my opinion... No, not at the moment. You can go, Mr. Burns. Yes, sir. I think he did right. That's punishment enough for Hollis. He sounded a decent enough sailor. And you stood your ground with those two. You'll find your way with them all right. Sir? Yes? I'm telling you there's a ship's boat coming our way. All right. Get the ladder over. I'll be there in a moment. I said he'd have to come. Good morning. Welcome aboard. Good morning. My name's Archibald, Captain of the Sephira. We guess that's where you'd come from. Could be nowhere else, really. Aye. Uh, we're waiting over there for the, uh, the top of the spring tide tomorrow, we hope. Tug should be out for us, then. You're welcome as our guest for some of that time. Uh, no, no, I'm not here for pleasure, I'm afraid. No pleasure at all. Painful duty. We've been searching those islands around us. Been at it since daylight. Painful indeed, in this heat. Aye. A fugitive, you see. A murderer. On my ship. Why don't you come down to my cabin? Mr. Burns here will see to refreshment for your men. I've had a 15 years, been at sea for 37, and it happens on my ship. I've never heard of such a thing on any English ship. Are you quite sure it was murder? You were in a dreadful gale. One wave of that can break a man's neck. No, no man killed by the sea ever looked like that. Black in the face he was. And it was the reefed foresail that saved Oh, All right, and God's mercy... It was all we had left, and it was God's own mercy it held against some of those hurricane squalls we'd to face. If that had gone, I don't mind telling you, I hardly dared give the order to set it. A brave order, Mr. Archibald. Oh, Thirty-seven years, and I've never seen seas like that. Turn your head grey just looking at it. And at the height of that, a murder. The truth is, I never liked that fellow somehow. Uh, which fellow? Leggett, of course, the murderer. His family had some interest with the owners. Oh, I mean, he was very much the gentleman, very smart. Knowledgeable enough, I suppose. But I'm a plain man. I value directness. There's a certain kind of politeness makes me wary of a man. Not the style for the Sephora. You'd be anxious, then, to hand him over to the shore authorities? Well, of course. The law, sir, the law. And now, I suppose... I must report a suicide. Was he that style? This legate? Suicide? Can you see any other answer? He's on none of those islands. They're all just naked rock. And the mainland must be seven miles from my ship. I see, yes. There's nowhere else for him to go. Except here. Well, you are no more than two miles from us. <sighs> But you don't think... No, that. no. But to put everyone's mind at rest, why don't I show you over? Oh, well, this is unpleasant business. It's only polite to offer you the reassurance. We are gentlemen, after all. This is my cabin. You can see he isn't here. Oh, sir, please. And now we'll go on deck. I'll have Mr. Jackson show you the rest of the ship. Thank you. 
Zephyrah, away! Insolence, I say. Painful duty, Mr. Jackson. Oh, could see he was in pain. A very nervous captain. He had to satisfy his crew and the law. Yeah, but to search our ship. Suggesting we might harbour someone like a... It was murder. my idea, Mr. Jackson. Yours, sir? Yes. To put minds at rest. Well, now, we're glad to see the back of them. You all have heard the story, sir? Yes. Son of a parson, so they said. Is that right? And be a sorry person when he hears how his sons ended up. First murder, then suicide. Horrible business, right enough. But galling all the same. To have them poking around our ship. Painful duty, Mr. Burns. Excuse me, gentlemen. <clears throat> I'm going below. Let me know at the first sign of a wind. And when you do get a wind, what then? How far can you take me with you? We'll see. Hiding here, or crouching in the bathroom. How long can you stand that? You think my nerve will go like Archibald's? No. No, but it's too much. You heard what he said. What about the forcible? Yes, yes. I assure you, I gave the order. I don't doubt it. I think he suspected me of the same smart politeness as you. Not his style at all. Maybe he thinks he gave the order. He hadn't slept for a week. All he could do was stammer and whimper. Oh, who can blame him? That wasn't a heavy sea. It was a sea gone mad. The end of the world would look like that. And then, well, you'd only have to see it once. We had to face it day after day. But you took command. I had to. And if I hadn't been fierce, nothing would have been done. I was fierce. To save the ship. And it was that fierceness that killed a mutinous fool. You do understand. Because you know what it is to command. Perhaps. I'll know better when I feel this ship moving at my word. And then? It would never do for me to come alive again. Captain, the wind's up. Enough to be underway. Good. Turn the hands up. Have all ready to sail. Fair winds. Very fair. We're making good progress. Don't you think so, Mr. Jackson? She's running admirably, as usual. She is. Didn't I say so, Captain? Didn't I say she was an obedient ship? You did. And there's nothing to beat that first hour, is there? When you get the right wind and you feel her take to it with every timber. There's nothing to top that, is there? No, indeed. I've been with her five years now. Seen four captains and three second mates, and they've all agreed with me. She's a fine ship that'll do most things we ask her. And this captain? Sir? Uh, how does this captain measure up to the high standards of you and your ship? Oh, but I wasn't making any claims in that way, sir. The captain's only seeking the benefit of your sound advice, Mr. Burns. Not like you to hesitate to offer that. Well, the captain's handling are fine. Very fine. Maybe, if you're asking my opinion, a bit less quiet spoken would do. When given orders on deck, I mean. But, of course, if that's your way, we... Steward! Yes, sir? Where are you going? To your cabin, sir. Why? Well, taking a coat there, sir, the one you left to dry on the rail. It's uh, dry now, isn't it? 
Well, near enough, sir. Unless it looks as if there might be another shower. I Very well. Carry on. In my experience, sir, which of course has been neither so long nor so varied as Mr. Burns, the most difficult aspect of a captain's duty is the number of things he must keep in mind. Is that not so, Captain? I'm not sure I know what you mean. Well, his attention must encompass so much more than the mechanical tasks of running the ship. Oh, more than that, surely, when you feel it alive. Well, in like fact, a... I've known captains who find this intolerable. Indeed? Yes. It's, it's as though their minds are split, fragmented. Well, some lose the capacity, it seems to me, to be fully concentrated in one place to one task. Oh, well, the seasoned crew, Mr. Jackson, and if everything's rightly all... All well, steward? Sir? You've hung up my coat? Yes, sir. In the bathroom. In the bathroom? Well, it wasn't quite dry, and I thought that was the best place to go. And all's well? All's well, sir. Good. And I, Mr. Jackson, I can assure you... I'm fully concentrated on all my duties. Of course, it's not true. I am split. When I'm on deck, half of me's absent, down here with you. And I know what Burns meant about me being too quiet-spoken. Today, I leaned into him and whispered a question, as I would to you. He drew away as if I was mad. And Jackson... His smooth insinuations. He knows. Not about you. And he knows there's something secret in me. And he thinks the secret is doubt. Doubt of myself. That I'm afraid of the sea's judgment. Even the steward. I've got him as nervous as I am. He'll hardly meet my eye. I felt from the start he'd be the one to discover us. So when I saw him head down here with that coat and to the bathroom, all he did was put in his arm. He didn't even open the door fully. I feel I've been creeping quietly towards insanity. I thought you'd gone. Or all the time you'd been in my imagination. A, a ghost. No. I'm real. Or too real to be invisible much longer. I see no other way to account for it. Bad luck. Bad luck's as real an item as heavy weeds strangling your rudder. It's as definite a commodity as any of your cargo. It could be there in your list. Seventeen tons of timber, fourteen kegs of spice, and a surplus of stinking bad luck. Aren't you glad he isn't describing our cargo, Captain? Oh, indeed. Our ship's as blessed as she's businesslike. But some ships, not to be denied. You ask any sailor. They're the men that know about blessed ships or otherwise. Well, I'm sailing myself. I'm not an unknowledgeable one, I hope you'll agree. You've done a fair amount of duty, Mr. Jackson, for your years. And yet I've never laid eyes on this dangerous ballast, this leviathan weed you call bad luck. But consider the Hilda. She was a fit enough ship by all reports. And yet, for no reason, for no accountable reason, in the Bay of Bengal, off drops her figurehead. Bad workmanship. Careless builders and a sudden squall. No squall, no wind at all worth speaking of. And off drops her figurehead. Appalling workmanship, then. Three days later, a swell out of nowhere takes the chief officer overboard. Day after that, the captain's own son, who's on his first trip alongside his father, he falls deadly ill. So, they race for the nearest port. 
And I've got a fine wind behind them to get them there. Good luck there. And the wind stops. Of course. Four days they lay becalmed. When they get moving again, they were carrying home that poor lad's corpse. As you see, sir, Mr. Burns is as painstaking and evidential as always, even in matters of superstition. Superstition. Bad luck isn't superstition. Luck and its contrary side are matters a sailor has to learn, like rigging and charts. Do you have an opinion on the matter, Captain? Not really, no. Well, I have. The Captain is where you must look to account for that run of misfortune. He was a man, I would guess, inordinately fond of his figurehead and a superstitious man. See, I've known captains adore such carvings more than their own wives. See, your Hilda's captain was widowed. That's how he saw it when that lump of wood went adrift, when the weak man went to pieces. He'd no longer the skill, the mental control to handle his ship or his crew. Now, isn't that more likely than omens or curses? A jittery captain. Aye, aye, all very rational, Mr. Jackson. All very neat and psychological. There's nothing neat about a nervous captain. What's the meaning of your face, man? Sir? You came in there staring like a duck. Uh, no, sir. I mean, uh, I'm all right, sir. Uh, sorry, my mind must have wandered. Then fetch it back and get on with your duties. Uh, yes, sir. I'm not sure that's full enough answer, steward. Is there something amiss you've not told us? Uh, no, Mr. Jackson. Well, I believe there is. Out with it. Oh, it's nothing, sir. A, a mistaken notion on my part. Share your notion with us. Well, apologies, sir. It was only... I was surprised to see the captain here. And where else would he be at supper time? Uh, yes, sir. But I could have sworn I heard... Heard what? In his cabin, sir. It would seem our steward's ears are as faulty as our chief mate's eyes. Only for distance, sir. And when the light's not good. Which reminds me, Mr. Burns, did you use those eyes of yours to check that extra load of bags I ordered? I did, sir. The ones of the size I found we were short of? Pockets, sir. They're called pockets. I know what they're called. I can't eat this. Or oh, is it not to your taste, sir? I'll fetch something else. No, leave it. Leave, leave it there. I have no appetite at the moment. I may take it to my cabin later, so leave it. Yes, sir. You must be more still. When I'm not here, you must hardly move. It can't be done. It has to be done. That damn steward almost had us again. His ears aren't faulty enough. It's too much. Only be still. Be patient. No. Look. We should be among the islands off the Cambodia shore soon, yes? Yes. Then you must maroon me there. Maroon you? This isn't a boy's adventure story. I know. But I want no more. Whatever it is. I'm not afraid whether it's prison or gallows they'd send me to. But I won't stand in front of twelve respectable tradesmen and an old fellow in a wig and try to explain myself. How could they understand my guilt? Or otherwise? You've understood. That's enough. She sails gently. Very even keel. A good ship. Yes. It can't be tonight. We're too far from land. But tomorrow night, we'll be closer then, I promise. Tomorrow. She sails along, sir, like she knows where she's heading. 
Very even keel. Certainly. Smooth as a pleasure boat. We'll make our time easily, is my opinion. The owners will be well satisfied. And what's more rewarding than a smiling owner? Are you awake, Mr. Jackson? Of course, sir. Then be good enough to hold yourself as if you were. This is not a pleasure boat. Yes, sir. We should sight some islands soon. Keep a lookout for them. <sighs> Just the lightest of breezes we've got. And see how she's fanned along. Of course, the crew know her so well. They know every touch to give her. We want more than a light breeze. Sir? In the middle of the gulf here, we won't do as well as I'd like. I'm going to take her in as far as I can to look for land winds. Tonight. In the dark, sir? Among those islands? Yes. The reefs and shoals in there are deadly. I do know this part of the world. I'm new to this ship, not to the sea. If we want land winds, we must go close inshore to find them. Is that not correct? Yes, sir. Then stay awake and watch for those islands. I know this chart. I used it often myself. I've been studying it for hours. And I think it has to be co-ring. Uh, it, it should be inhabited. If you cross it on the mainland opposite here, mm. um, there's the mouth of a biggish river. It's bound to be a town, not too far up. I'm sure there is. So, I go up river and carry on to China and off the map. What is it my father's Bible would say? Driven off the face of the earth. You'll survive. I've no doubt you will. Well, we'll see. I'll certainly give it a try. I'm off the face of the earth now, as far as all but you know. I won't be there to see you go. No, of course not. Your best plan is to go from the quarter-deck ports. I'll make sure they're open. As we're heading now, we should just clear the south point of Koh Ring. I can't say when. After nightfall, certainly. I'll try to edge her in to half a mile, or, or as close as I can judge, in the dark. You must be careful. Your ship may not... Yes. We'll see tonight how obedient she is. Dark soon, sir. Yes? Hard to make out those islands already. Your old eyes, Mr. Burns. I'm sure Mr. Jackson can see every shoreline clearly. I was wondering what kind of creatures live there. Most are uninhabited. But that big one ahead, what is it? Coal ring. Yeah. Looks like a cloud to me. Well, there'll be life of a sort on there. A village or two, maybe. Fishermen. And the usual white scum. On the run, or gone native. I've had to land on such places. Detestable, the sort you find hiding out there. Hard to believe they once called themselves Christian. We are closing rather steadily. How close do you mean to go, sir? It does look like a cloud, Mr. Burns. A storm cloud looming. And the dark will be down any minute. Mr. Jackson, send a couple of hands to open the quarterdeck ports. Sir? Both ports on the quarterdeck. Have them opened wide and securely fastened. What for? Do you mean to ventilate the Then mind what for. Do as you're told. Now, listen carefully. We only have moments. The steward's not far away. I'll get rid of him, and you must run through to the sail locker. From there, the hatch opens onto the quarterdeck for hauling out the sails. It's never closed. You'll be able to slip out and get overboard from the ports. They're both fastened open. Well done. I'll take us in as close as I dare. Then put her round. 
All hands will be aft at the main braces. You'll have a clear road. Use a rope's end to lower yourself into the water. No splash. Oh, I understand. I only hope I've understood, too. You have first to last. Here. Take this. No, 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 no. You'll need money. It's half of what I've got. I'll give you the lot, but I must buy fruit and vegetables for the crew from the native boats, you know, when we reach yes, Sunda Straits. Yes, I know. Right. Um, and take this. I can't take your hat. Take it. You can't wander bareheaded under a China sun. <laughs> How do I look? Like my twin. Are you ready? Yes. What are we doing here? Looking for land winds. But in this darkness, we can't even see the sails. And that's not just your eyes. I can't see them either. Sheer weather? Not, no. You're asking too much of her. Can't you feel her obedience in every timber, Mr. Burns? Captain, please. If you'll ever take my advice, take it now. Or she'll drift ashore before you can bring her round. We're nearly ashore now. I could almost reach out and touch that darkness. I knew it would end in something like this. Be quiet. Go forward and make ready to come about. She won't come about now. Quiet! Go forward! See the head sheets properly overhauled. Lost! I said lost! Sir, forgive me, but you're a stranger to the ship. You yes. too, sir. Be quiet! Ready, Helm? Ready, sir. Hard a lee. A lee, sir. Swing the mainyard. Swing the mainyard! I can't even see how she's moving, if she's moving at all. There's nothing to judge against. Look hard. You'll find something. So it's too dark! Look! What's that? Something white in the water. Yes, I see it. Well, it looks like... Is it your hat, sir? Your white straw hat? Yes, it is. Our marker. Watch it closely. It's drifting forward. We're gathering sternway. Shift the helm. Watch our marker, Mr. Jackson. Well, I, I think so. I think she's coming round. Be sure. Yes. Yes, she's round. Let go and haul. Let go and haul! Yes. Yeah, yeah the 
Scott's going astern. We're drawing ahead. You've done it, sir. She's round! You took her within yards of land and brought her out again. She's round! Well done, sir. Well judged indeed. You too, Hollis. An obedient ship. And now, gentlemen, we'll take her home. The sea has measured our fitness, judged my communion with my ship. And where is that secret sharer? A proud swimmer now, striking out for a new destiny. My second self, a free man. Michael Feast played the captain with Christopher Scott as Leggett in The Secret Sharer by Robert Forrest, based on a story by Joseph Conrad. Jackson was played by Stephen Tompkinson, Burns by James Bryce, The Steward, David Goodge, Archibald, Michael Graham Cox, Hollis and the Helmsman, Ian Mitchie. The Secret Sharer was a BBC drama production directed by Patrick Rayner.